StrawberryCraft coffee is the rich CBD-infused coffee that you can purchase in K-cups for your Keurig. If you don't have a Keurig, you can also get whole bean or ground as well. And you can get 20% off when you buy when you use code DNVR20 at checkout. Be sure to tag Strava when you do buy. Everyone will get a fun little shout-out on the socials, and everyone can kind of come together in these quarantine times. When you order, it ships directly to your door and gets there very quickly. The CBD is non-psychoactive and has been known to help many aches and pains. Just remember to use that 20% off code DNVR20. And Cole gets another good righty and another right by Cole. A left by Cole this time. Tipped in front by Mika Rentinen. He shoots and scars. Nathan McKinnon. Call JT Comfer. 877 goes now. Gabriel Landeskog. Collective hugs. 29 and 92. Save me by Grubauer. Move over, Picasso. This piece of art is by McKinnon. My goodness gracious. <laughs> Welcome in to the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits. They have over a thousand different varieties of beer for you to try. Let's be honest, the only thing I ever order from them is Breckenridge Brewery. But nonetheless, if you want to expand your horizons, it's a great option. I am Rudo. Joining me as always is AJ, and we are here to talk abs. We'll probably be getting into a little bit of prospect talk later in the show, but first we wanted to cover the Monday news, the first of which being the AHL has officially canceled their season. This was not too unexpected. A couple of weeks ago, Cronin did an interview where that was the consensus. It sounded like the season was going to get canceled. It's just official now, and... Honestly, pretty disappointing for the ABS organization and the Colorado Eagles as this has been one of the best AHL teams the ABS have had that I can remember. It really is disappointing that uh, a team that looked like it was last year's team, we were excited that they made the postseason. At all, right. And and ABS AHL team just getting to the playoffs has been a chore. This year, this was a very good team. This was a team that there were a realistic expectation of was this team winning their first round matchup in the playoffs. Definitely there. You and I had expectations of them getting into the second round. Yep. So, and once you, I mean, once you get into the second round, I mean, who knows, right? Like you're just like we saw with the abs last year, you get past that first round and all bets are off and you could get a, you could get a good matchup. Things could break your way. Somebody could have a key injury. Your goalie just gets incredibly hot at the right time. Whatever, right? And this was dis- this was disappointing because this was a team that had the talent to get through the first round and make a little bit of noise in in the playoffs. And this is it's exactly what you want too. You want to set up your organization to have those expectations that those guys go to the playoffs that those guys get postseason experience, even if it is Calder Cup and not Stanley Cup. You want them to be playing in that spotlight, want them to be playing in that pressure situation so that when they do come up, so that when Martin Kaut does make the jump next year, that that dude is comfortable, that that dude is not totally rookie shell-shocked when he plays in his first Stanley Cup playoff game, right? 
Same thing for Connor Timmons. Same thing for Shane Bowers. You want all the experience you can get possible for your goaltenders. Yeah, it. There is a significant jump there always, and and you know some of these guys you can say, oh well, you know they played in playoffs at the junior level or or wherever they were playing before, but there needs to be some consistency there. The more experience you can get at that next level of play, of that jump up in intensity when you get to playoff level in professional hockey, just having the experience, even if it's not quite the same caliber of talent, you kind of get to know what to expect better. And honestly, careers are are made and broken in the playoffs. Just look at a Colin Wilson. Look at a large part of why everyone believes Kale McCarr is so special is how he showed up into this league and immediately dominated in the playoffs. Oh, and, and look at the excitement gained uh, from, from Tyson Jost. Yeah, exactly. Because he, he performed so strongly in those playoffs and something that was building to a, a long time. And it finally showed up in the most important moments. Yeah, definitely. So, and it was a bummer to see the AHL club, not, uh, not get to have that run because we would have gotten to watch both teams in the postseason. Uh, and last year it was, they just got there. They were so overmatched against the, uh, the Condors that it was like, okay, whatever. Very quick series, but yeah, this year there was a, there was some confidence and there was going to be quality play and quality opportunities for guys like Cout, guys like Bowers, potentially even a couple of other prospects down the line, obviously mentioned Timmons, but, you're going to see, and the other side of this this playoffs thing is AHL teams ice their best lineups. There are a handful of NHL tweeners that always play in those playoffs. There are, yeah. honestly, sometimes even straight-up NHLers that, that get papered at the deadline just to help teams in their AHL playoff run. So yeah. you get a higher level of competition in that regard as well, and it's it's another litmus test for some prospects. It is, and you know the AHL was just one big proving ground, and the postseason amps that up, uh, and it's just it's a bummer. It sucks we don't get to see it. Yep, pretty disappointing. I, you know, good news is hard to come by at times, but it does sound like the NHL is continuing to forge forward and find a way to play something this season. So we do have that to look forward to. In that regard, some other news that has been coming out, which. I'm a little confused by, but maybe AJ knows better than I do on this, with a lot of people talking about the Avs and an opportunity with next season being their 25th season in Colorado and bringing back the Quebec Nordiques jerseys. Uh, first of all, AJ, is that something you would even want to see? Um, yeah, sure. That'd be cool. Yeah? I... Be, it would be cool to see them acknowledge uh, that part of their history. They've always been kind of iffy about that yeah and look i'm i am okay with them wearing that jersey as like a one-off type thing for a stadium series or or something like that i don't think it makes a ton of sense for them to wear that as their third jersey or anything like that it would be weird for them to wear that jersey in colorado right i would be all about them playing uh, a game like them giving up a home game and playing in Quebec city and wearing those jerseys. I 
I'm playing against the Canadians. 100% down with something like that. I, I think that would be a great event. Uh, there is the problem of the rights to the actual logo and jersey, though. Uh, I believe they're owned by the M- the NHL. Correct. They are owned by the NHL. So the NHL I could approve it and, and give it to them. I assume that they would do so if requested. But they are not owned by the ABS. So the ABS just can't go out and do that by themselves. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, but yeah, I imagine it wouldn't be an issue if the ABS asked for it and said, hey, we would like to do this thing. I, I just think that wearing them in Colorado would be weird. Yeah, I've always had kind of a touchy relationship with that side of things because you look at the franchise records and those include all the Quebec numbers. So I tend to just kind of block those out and only look at the avalanche avalanche history of records for the team. Yeah. Because anytime I ever cite records, I only ever cite Avalanche right. history. There's now 20 some odd years of Avs history. Right. There's enough Avs history and it's hard to apply when you look at some of the franchise leaders of guys who played in the eighties where, you know, every game was 10 to seven. Yeah. It just doesn't compare to the modern game. And yeah, it, well, and there's now more abs history than Nordiques history. Right. Like they've, they've been in Colorado longer than they were in Quebec. It's, this is this is now it's it's the Avalanche franchise like it's now Colorado. Correct. So that's I don't know what to tell you. It's kind of where I'm at with it. I I imagine most of our listeners are Avs fans and and you know the Quebec fan base always rabid have have tried multiple times to get another team but yeah like no hard feelings and I would love to give them a game and absolutely do it against the Habs. Would be awesome. I doubt that the Avs would do that because they're not going to give up the gate revenue of a home game just to do it for fun. Yeah, I so I, yeah, I, I but I don't, I don't think that. Um, it's never been something the organization has shown a ton of interest in doing either. Yeah, and and it's, it would be cool. It would be cool as like an anniversary, like hey you know, a nod to the recognition of that history of which they really do not do much of. They don't recognize that history very much at all. Yeah. So, and it would be the, the jerseys are amazing. It would be awesome to see Nathan McKinnon wear one, but it would be really, I don't know. I just think it would be weird to wear them in Colorado would feel awkward. All right. Well, we can go ahead and take our first period break there. But AJ, I have to say, last week was pretty successful for me. Thanks to the UFC, I am back in the black on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm net positive all the way here. So for my pick of the week this week, I'm sticking with the UFC as they have a couple more events coming up this week. And I am I'm going to the well again. We saw on Saturday Justin Gagey took down the win, the Denver, Colorado boy training here. There's another person on Wednesday fighting out of Denver, Colorado in Drew Dober, but I'm going to take the blasphemy pick here. And my pick of the week is going to be Alex Hernandez to take the win at even money over Drew Dober on the card, take down the Denver boy. And uh, that's where I'm looking right now. I, I think Hernandez, good wrestler, he has pretty much all of the size advantages, age advantages. When you're getting even money on a guy like that who's 11-2, and two, 
I think it's an easy pick for me. There you go. So, easy pick of the week. Get in on your UFC draft betting over at DraftKings Sportsbook. You can pick up some good money there. I believe they're running an opt-in right now where you can get 10% of your bet back as a free bet as well. So, jump on those opportunities while you can. It's a awesome time. I've been having an absolute blast betting on KBO and, and, and all of those things over at the DraftKings Sportsbook. Highly recommend it. You can also get a great deal when you use code DNVR when you sign up. You can get a bonus of up to $1,000 again at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Bonus comprised of a first deposit bonus and first bet match. Each up to $500. Deposit bonus requires 25x playthrough. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits with Rudo and AJ. So, that's kind of the news of the Monday of the week so far. Always waiting on pins and needles for NHL to announce something these days, whether it be the draft or playoff plans or, to be honest, just anything concrete at this point. they still have not done. Indeed. it's it's interesting because they they say that hey we're gonna need a month of lead-in time to do it, and there was all this talk about June fifth. Okay, well, and then last week came and went, and yeah. then there was all this. There's okay, well, June twelfth. Well, they would need to do that tomorrow. Yep. So you know, and maybe they do, and maybe that's what we end up talking about. But it's it's interesting that uh, it hasn't happened yet after they made such a strong push for early June, early June. Now it's like, well, we'll see. For sure. Okay. It let's figure out what the hell you want. Let us know. Okay. Yeah. Basically they seem to be playing it by ear and, uh, yeah, they seem to be playing it extremely by ear. So like they are, they are in, (sighs) they don't seem to be any kind of real hurry to do anything. And while I'm okay with that general stance, given everything going on and the uncertainty of it, they have time, they have the luxury of it. I'm just selfishly a little sick of sitting around waiting for news about something. Yeah, same. I mean, same here. It's just now that we're dragging into what, week six or seven of quarantine, the just lack of concrete things coming out of the NHL is starting to get frustrating. And I understand it's extremely difficult to plan these things around everything going on with sports Kings. But if you're talking about something like the draft that can be done entirely remotely, whatever they decide to do, just make that decision and get it done. We've both talked about a lot of the issues that come with having a draft in early June before potential playoffs. If they decide to push it back, then they decide to push push it back, but just make that decision. Yeah, I'm. We're getting. We're we're kind of at the point where, uh, you know, they need to they need to start figuring out something beyond wait and see. Like we're in the mid May, half the country is beginning to reopen. Which, however you feel about that, you feel. But they are they 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 are now in need of. Starting to, you know, we need to start getting some answers on some things. Like, we need to start getting some direction here. What kind of planning do we need to be doing? What kind of what kind of expectations do we have? 
and not just this, well, you know, we'll, we'll let you know when we're good and ready. And then all of a sudden everything's going to ramp up like crazy. Like, you know, two NBA franchises are now back at their practice facilities. And the NHL has said they won't do that until they can get the majority of their of their franchises ready to go. And they're not at that point yet. And it's looking more and more like, look, the we can't even get guys into facilities and you guys are insistent on a training camp that we've got to just the regular season is, is done. Yeah. Like, I agree with that. The regular, the, the regular season's finished. Let's let's, they should, they should be coming out and at least giving us that, Hey, we're done with the regular season. As uh Luke, but I get, up- I, I get why they don't like, they yeah. don't, they, they don't want to have to, you know, that's, however hundreds of millions of dollars that they lose out on that they would be giving up as soon as they make that announcement. And they have to make that announcement when they're 100% sure. So from a business perspective, completely understand where they're coming from. But I'm, you know, selfishly, this is me just whining now. I'm I'm just tired of waiting on the uncertainty of all of it. And I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a direction. Just I'm, I'm, yeah, give us some realistic dates here, right? Yeah, give us give us a time frame. Let us know what you're actually thinking instead of having to rely on Wyshynski, you know, giving us a weekly update every Monday on ESPN or the smattering of tweets from various people who are hearing different stuff around the league. Like how about the league be the one that steps up and leads this and and shows a little damn initiative and and gets out in front of their own freaking story for once and, and actually tells us and says, Hey, here are the things that we're considering. Here's what we're not considering. Here's what we are considering. Here's where we are with this stuff. I just feel like a little transparency is going to, would go a long way with your fans right now, because everybody, every, every walk of life that we go through right now is completely uncertain. We have absolutely no idea what's going on on a regular on a on a really a daily basis i mean you have you have you have dudes dressed like full-blown soldiers like rolling in and and into into to to courthouses and and state capitals to protest things and it's like look dude it's 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 a crazy crazy period of time can you guys come out and at least be like a little bit of a voice of sanity like come out and come out and just tell us what's going on so that we're not just sitting here like digesting all this insanity around us and just wondering like oh yeah by the way what's going on with hockey like people people use sports as the escape and there's no escape from any of this right now and they could easily just go out and be the face of this if they wanted to they're just choosing not to man and it's f- so frustrating to me it's so frustrating to me that they they aren't getting in front of it and they could be a leading they could be a leading voice in this and instead the NHL never wants to make them never wants to be the league that makes the big mistake so we just have to sit and wait it's all very predictable and consistently disappointing yeah anyway. i i i'm with you 100% um to be honest could lead a man to want to drink and for me personally i want to know how much breck brew i need to order until i can make it to my next hockey game so 
do support Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Well, we're all sitting around waiting for sports to return to do our jobs. They are trying to make it through doing their job selling beer to all of y'all, and they have their farmhouse down in Littleton where you can use code DNVR to get $5 off a meal when you pick up, when you call 303-803-1380. You can pick up from noon to 8 p.m. every single day and give any one of their amazing beers a try. So, unfortunate as the situation may be, things go on. Our work goes on, and it has given us some time to start digging into the draft. Over the weekend, I jumped into the Swedish junior scene, looking at a lot of the prospects there, and have started to kind of devise some of the ones that could be in the Avalanche's range, and I was looking at three of the Swedish defensemen, those being William Wallander, uh, Helga Grants, and Emil Andrade. I, so, interesting thoughts there, but yeah, I'm I'm mostly curious about uh, Wallander because we hear you know the guys who do the Euro scouting for a lot of the uh, um you know one of the 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 draft guides that we read every year and the drafts and the prospect services that do this year round. Wallander is really they're really a lot of those guys are really high on Wallander. So he's the guy that I'm most curious about of these three. Uh, when you when you started over the weekend, what you saw because I I went into, I started elsewhere. So um, I'm I'm really curious where you kind of come down on Wallander, and I hope that come Wednesday when we do our prospect uh, watches stuff, um, that might be where we start. Yeah, I think he'll will be he will be a fun one to watch. Uh, of the three, I think he has the highest ceiling by a good margin. Obviously, body size 6'4", 195 pounds, that's something that's going to continue to fill out, but the dude can skate. Man, can this kid skate for someone his size. It's it's fun to he's watch this guy. He's a big boy, guy. too. Yeah, and he can tear through the neutral zone, and he's got good puck skills as well. He can beat people with his talent, and it's awesome to watch when, when it's clicking. The flashes are extremely high-end skill level. The problem being, they are flashes. He's still pretty raw. There's a significant amount of inconsistency there. But especially for someone in a position like the Avs that's going to be in the late first, if you're looking to take a swing on a kid, there's a lot to like there. There's a lot of tempting attributes to a player like that. Uh, Biggest talents, I think, I kind of already went over there. His his raw ability and his size are, are incredible. I think he's a, a very good passer in the offensive zone, has very good offensive instincts, very active, jumps into the cycle all the time, willing to pinch in. Not something you see at very often from a guy of his size, that big. Uh, on the other side of things, he has three main weaknesses. The first of which is consistency of his physicality he can get physical when necessary of him but where he falls a little bit short in that category is particularly in corner battles he's his size he just needs to use it better and hopefully as he fills out he will start to understand how how to abuse it a little bit more do you know um does, did he have like a has he had a big growth spurt i don't know like year or two i do not know because that's one thing when we see a kid that that's his size at that age, you know, you've got to have the big, you've got to have the big spurt somewhere, right? Right. 
I, yeah, and I'm not sure when he had it. Um, if it, if it comes later, that's something that you see constantly. Yeah. Is a guy not being very comfortable in his own skin because he's much bigger than he was very recently. Yeah. And, and well, learning how to use that is a big, is a big key. So how to make the most of it. It's interesting because he's kind of a lanky dude. He has very, very long arms and he is very good at using that range with his stick has good poke checks, exceptional stick lifts, particularly net front. Very, very strong in that regard. It's just his actual physicality that, uh, that he struggles with a little bit on the defensive side. Uh, the other two weaknesses, one, his shot is just not very good. It's a little surprising. Someone that big, you expect a little bit more juice behind it. His, well, that might be where he grows into that. Right. Another thing he might grow into, his shot when he penetrates the zone uh, is fine. He can get away with that, but his shot from the point is just not going to beat professional goaltenders at the next level. It's not good enough. And he, I think he understands that because he very regularly shoots for tips. He's just trying to get pucks through and looking for deflections most of the time from the point. So he understands his game in that regard. And then the big one, the biggest concern for me at the next level is right now his defensive reads, particularly against the rush and positioning, is a little dicey. Uh, he gets away with it a lot at the Swedish junior level because his skating is so good and his stride is so long that he just makes up ground on everybody and can get back and cover. But in a higher league where everyone's faster, everyone is in the correct positions, he's going to get burned at times if he doesn't figure out that positioning and, and play defensively a bit smarter. Okay. So... That's... It's concerning. It it's it's a serious concern. This is it's a high risk, high reward play on a guy in the late first, basically. I the reason I favor him over these other two guys for the abs particularly in the first late first round is I think he fits something that they don't really have in their system better than these other two players that we're going to talk about. Kind of a a big dude that can play defense. Uh, it's it's more of a big dude that's active with the puck. Um, okay. It in I I've kind of struggled. If his defense rounds out, hey, he's a fantastic pick for the Abs. If his defense is kind of middling, then I think he still has a lot of paths to being a, a quality pro defender. So that's where the ceiling kind of comes in is however his defense develops yes the his offense is gonna have that high end if he can get to that more consistently i mean perfect world he could be an all-star but that's not super realistic the defensive side rounding out and he him becoming a solid player using that size more effectively i think he could fit well as something the abs need and his bread and butter is going to the front of the net, tying up sticks, being physical when he has to be in that area. Obviously something the as NHL team lacks pretty significantly at the moment. So I like that from him. His positioning and, and defensive decision-making need work, though. Okay. So the, uh, higher risk than the, this, the next guy in, in grands, but I think higher reward as well. Why would you say higher risk than Grants? 
Granz of the three Swedish defensemen is the furthest along in his development path. Uh, he's very well-rounded. He does everything up to a certain decent level of caliber. I think the jump to pro is going to be the shortest for him. It's just his ceiling does not touch where Wallander's is. Uh, he plays all situations for his team. If you look up his stats, he has very good numbers, but he played for a weak Malmo Jr. team where he got a lot of power play time that I really don't think he's going to get at the next level. Uh, on top of that, his passing in the offensive zone is solid. Not great. He doesn't really make flashy plays. He's not making those high-end plays that are going to get his teammates quality opportunities on the regular. He'll just make the solid, smart pass, and he's benefited from a lot of power play secondary assists on that, which have inflated his numbers a little bit. Mm-hmm. On the other side, super solid defensively. I think he's very good on the breakout, like most junior defensemen, occasional, occasionally prone to the big mistake. But he has a lot of puck poise. He's very patient with the puck. He's not going to beat you with flash, but he's able to hold on to the puck, allow forwards to come at him hard, and can throw the puck to the open smart man, even under pressure, which is huge for him. Much more physical, understands how to use his physicality. This is another guy, 6'3", 190. Uh, He will battle hard along the boards. A player that not going to be fun for players to play against. As I watched him, I don't want to play down his offensive upside too much because he reminds me a lot of a Drew Hellison style of player, but more active in the offensive zone, more effective than, than Drew Hellison's offensive side has been so far. And the one thing is in the offensive zone, he absolutely tethered to the blue line. He almost never pinches. His shot is decent, not great, but better than uh, Wallander's from the point. So, can be effective. Hard to uh, hard to translate offense. Yeah. If you're not jumping into the offensive zone. Exactly. You're just hanging out on the blue line. And, and we saw that uh, he did play 21 games in the Swedish Elite League this year, the top pro league, where he played 21 games and only put up three points, one goal. So you can already see at the next level that offensive impact isn't quite the same. But... It, it, I guess it depends on what you want to do in the late first, if you're the Avs. If you want to take a risk and go for a high-end talent, you're looking at Wallander. If you want to take a very safe, solid defenseman as a pick, I think Grands is reasonable. To be honest with you, though, I don't think he's a first-round talent. I think the only reason people are talking about him as a first-round talent is because he's a right shot. Yeah, I mean, he's a right shot and he's six foot three. Right. Big right shot defenseman that makes people raise their eyebrows a little bit right and you know you can't teach size you know there's a lot of things you can teach a guy about playing hockey but you can't teach him to get bigger and so i think there's just a natural inclination towards a guy that is six foot three six foot four already and it's like hey if he's a good skater if he's smart we could teach him the rest yeah uh Our time is winding down as we're about to jump into the Avs game four against the Panthers in 96. So 
real quick, first of all, WGT Golf is not only the most popular golf game in the world, it's also the official gaming partner of us here at DNVR. You can download it and join the DNVR Clubhouse at dnvrgolf.com and compete in all of our tournaments every other week. We're running a clubhouse tournament where the winners not only top our leaderboard, but can win some great prizes from us here, whether it be sticker packs or a shirt or something like that. You can play amazing courses like Pebble Beach, Bethpage Black, St. Andrews, and other famous courses with the 20 million players around the world. Uh, to close up, I guess, my research here. Just real quick. Go, go for um, it. W, speaking of WGT, our next tournament is this weekend. There you go. And we are actually hosting our first ever major. Aha. Uh-huh. And it was so, you know, the last tournament was just the par fours yep. as, as kind of an introduction. Uh, this weekend will be a full 18-hole excursion yep. for us. So, um, still still working on, you know, have not selected the course or any of that yet, but we um, this morning decided it was going to be the first, like, major that we do. Yep, excellent. Uh, I'm super looking forward to that, then. I can make blow up on the back nine and ruin my good score i'm sure but. i'm telling you man i mean i'm excited to to uh to go all greg norman and uh <laughs> choke it away yeah Ahead always loved two. the shark growing up man yeah always loved him um him and uh fred couples i loved couples too couples. yeah couples was awesome yeah i loved fred couples because my grandpa loved fred couples <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. Well, as we're short on time, just to finish up on my, my early prospect research here of the Swedish defenseman, the last one is Andrei, Emil Andrei. Uh, I'm not a fan of him at all. I'll, I'll be honest. I've seen people mocking him as high as 20 and way too much risk on this kid to go in the first round for me. The numbers really, the numbers really pop on this one. They absolutely and. But this is this is one where you're talking about more of a water bug type defenseman, right? Absolutely. Uh, so I've seen him listed anywhere from five five at the smallest to five nine Ooh. at the biggest. Uh, five five would be a real hard sell, as yeah, a couple of guys have learned in recent I mean, years. Even if you split the difference and call it five seven, that makes him the shortest defenseman in the NHL. And that's, that's so tough. I mean, Sam Gerard struggles with physicality at five at five nine, yeah, quite a bit. And I don't know, five seven would be really tough. So he would have to drive the hell out of some play. And there, and look, the player extremely agile, the most agile of these three by a mile. Extremely good puck skill. He can beat people with jukes and moves with regularity problem is i don't know if his the rest of his skating can live up to it his top speed is good not great his backward skating is just okay his footwork is a little <sighs> shoddy at times That's uh, not good man and i have look he plays on the swedish big ice where he has more room where his agility can get him the edge and then he can go wide and get around players i think he's just going to run out of room on nhl ice a lot of the time it's just tighter and it, his defense is a serious liability. He had 84 penalty minutes in 40 games this year as a small defenseman. He's not getting his money worth out of those penalties. And if that's what it takes for him to play defense at the junior level, 
that's a problem that's not going to go away. Yeah, and to be honest, if you're that size, you have to be a world-class skater. You right. have to be an absolutely elite in every single category level of skater in order to get by it at potentially five foot seven. That's one where not having a combine kills you. Yeah. Because you don't have an official measurement on what that guy is. Exactly. If he comes in at more like five foot ten, then you're like, oh okay, okay. this isn't bad. Right. You... Right. Like this this changes the equation from a guy, a five foot ten guy we could take a chance on in the second round to a guy that's five foot six and you can't use a top fifty pick on him. Yeah, and honestly, that's that's ultimately where I fell. Like, I can totally see a team hungry for an offensive defenseman willing to take a chance on that kid in the second round. But if it were me, I wouldn't pick him before the third round. And for the Abs particularly, I don't think he makes any sense at all, given that they have Makar and Gerard as the offensive-minded guys for the foreseeable future. Yeah, well, um, between them and Byram, like, yeah, exactly, exactly. And you really, really don't need to go that that route. They. I, they are like comfortable where they can they can take late round swings on that guy. Like if this kid gets to the fourth round, dude, totally. Oh yeah, at a certain point, there's just value there. And look, I don't want to knock the kid totally. He is an excellent breakout passer, great at reading plays and knowing where his teammates are. He is honestly pretty strong on the puck for his size with his puck skill. So that's nice to see. Uh, good shooter as well. Very smart at reading plays and jumping into open space in the offensive zone. There are a lot of things to like there. It's just the overall package is a big concern. Yeah. So that's where I'm at. Uh, the Swedish defenseman. Realistically, I think Wallander would be my target of those three, and and Grands in the late first would be okay. Not great, but Wallander I'd be fine with it. Fits their profile nicely, and he adds the size. And to be honest. He's a lefty, so it's nice to there's the system could use one of those. Yeah, exactly. There's that too. Even even Hellison's friggin' right handed. Yeah, the for whatever reason in the NHL, the Avs are just the right handed defenseman land. So yeah. I they don't really need a righty as many teams in the league do. They do not have that same level of like oh, tie tie goes to the righty. Yeah, exactly. So Obviously, plenty more defensemen and forwards to look into starting this week and and running all the way through until at least we know when the draft is happening. But this is just the start of our content on on the draft side. A lot of stuff coming. I do believe we will have a a video breakdown of Wallander coming at some point as well. So y'all have that to look forward to. But we're running late on time, and we're about to start Avs Game 4 versus the Panthers. So... We're going to jump out of here on today's show. Thank you, everyone, for watching, and hope y'all enjoy the live abs game. First, though, we got to talk about Manscaped. The abs are about to do some manscaping of the Stanley Cup, to be honest with you, because uh, as long as this game may go, they do get the job done. It was a fine trim. You know, they had to be precise, but but they got there with the Lawnmower 3.0, the best and brightest with its LED light ball hair trimmer in the world. Their whole Perfect Package 3.0 kit is amazing. It comes with the trimmer. It comes with multiple formulations, including anti-chafe deodorant and spray-on toner to keep everything where it needs to be and fresh down below the belt. You can get 20% off when you order with code DNVR20 and free shipping as well at manscaped.com. The NVR Avalanche with Hey Police. 